Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, today I have a very special guest with you. And we're going to talk about a lot of different things, but whatever you do, this is one of those episodes that you're going to want to be listening to the whole episode. In fact, you're not only going to want to listen to this episode, you're going to want to share it with all of your friends and family, because today I have Ashanti Branch with me, the founder and executive director of Ever Forward. And I'm not going to tell you too much more right now, but I am going to tell you that Ashanti is one of the best human beings that I know in what he is doing. So you're going to want to hear the story because the fact that you're listening right now means that there's something in this episode you need to hear today. So let's roll that episode. You are jamming with Jason Mefford, where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people. Some are famous, some may seem ordinary, and they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world. Sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic, accepting and loving yourself more, and spreading love to others. Since really, all you need is love. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. We discuss all aspects of self-improvement, growth, and so much more. Great content, insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens. You're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode. So sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative, authentic, and entertaining podcast. Now, let's roll that beautiful podcast footage. All right, Ashanti, how are you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great, doing great. Glad to be here. You know, I was uh, just the other day when somebody wrote my my bio, and I'm glad you didn't say the whole thing because, like, I tell people it makes me feel nervous, you know? It makes me feel nervous that, like, this this all these things I've done my, my, my bio is my highlight reel right uh-huh. yeah and what, I, and what I'm clear about is that I live the behind the scenes story every day you know and so I, I, I'm also um I was like what if they just read my 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 anti-bio what if they read like <laughs> the fact that I got a ticket on my car the other day that I haven't paid yet I mean that's the other day is like six months ago um <laughs> yeah, like you know like um I am um I had a workshop the other day and nobody showed up, like literally zero people showed up. Um, like, I, what if they just read that? Then I could just come out on the stage and be like, I can only go up from here. You know what I mean? As opposed, <laughs> as opposed to try to, like, live into the, 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 the highlight reel. So anyway, thank you for not sharing too much. And I'm glad I get to try and fill in some of the pieces. Well, you get to, you get to fill in the pieces. But like you said, it's you, you have done some amazing stuff. Right. So so some props for that. man. But 
but it's, you know, one of the reasons I love you too, is you're just a normal guy as well. Right. I mean, you're, you're out there trying to make the world a better place and you know, I'm trying to do the same thing. And like you said, sometimes we show up, nobody's listening, but the next day we get up and we do it again because, you know, just, just impacting one person, in, especially in what you do can literally save a life. Mm, thank you for that. I appreciate right. that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's a big deal. And that's why I wanted to talk to you again too, because I, I just think you're a pretty cool dude anyway. So. Thank you. Man. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be in this conversation. I think I'm, I, you know, we, I, as, as we were before the show talking, I was like, man, we could, I'm going to tell you everything already. I'm going to just, it gets going. I just get going. And so um, I'm so thankful for this opportunity. Well, yeah. And let's, let's go back a little bit. Cause I, cause I want people to get to, to know you better as a person as well, because I think a lot of times, you know, people that change the world, are not necessarily the people we think about, especially now with all the influencer and some of the other stuff that's going on. I mean, these people aren't doing anything for the world per se. You know, it's like, oh, look at my cute dress or my new whatever. Look at my mm. leer jet. And it's like, yeah. really gives a fuck, right? That's not how normal people <laughs> live. But but the real heroes are the people that are kind of doing the stuff in the background yeah. and, that, and that change their life to do good. So... Just give people a little flavor because I know you've you've got a much different background yeah. than what you're doing now. So let's kind of share your background with people and then what you're actually doing now to 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 give them that. Okay, I'm I'm, 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 I'm gonna shorten it because I you know I can go forever. So you you, you um, can do the yeah do, do the shorter highlight okay. reel or whatever you want to include or not include. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> well, you know, uh, thank you, thank you. And uh, Mother's Day just passed, so it honors all the mothers out there. You know, I was a uh, uh, a, Ray, a boy in Oakland, California, raised by a single mother. Um, my mom did the best she could. My uh, my father died before I was born, um, three months before I was born. And you know, I grew up on this planet where I'm in this body where it's told I'm supposed to be tough and strong and 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 have all the answers and be strong and be athletic and get be able to get girls and be able to like be cool, like all and be handsome and all these things. I was I have a six pack and be smart you know all these things i was supposed to be able to do and all times felt like i was like not ever living up to what i was expected to do and i'm okay working hard i'm not against working hard but what i realized um in this book that i read called um it didn't start with you about how childhood trauma sometimes happens before you even born right mark wolin wrote this book and he said uh, the way i learned about my life before i even showed up on the planet was that um, three months before I was born, I began to swim and bathe in sadness. I began in my mom's womb as my mom was grieving the loss of my father. I was swimming in emotions and I show up on a planet in a body that says, no, you don't show feelings. You don't have any emotions. Actually, if you have any, you better just not show them. And I felt everything. I could notice. I can notice people on the other side of the room having an argument even though I haven't any words, I can, I can feel people's energy, body language. I, I, I'm a feeler. And I got trained really quickly that in this boy body that I would grew up in showing feelings to get you in fights. It'll get you talked about it, get you made fun of, it'll get you made belittled. And I learned that I better suck it up. Don't show any feelings. And I got really good at just stuffing. And, uh, 
my life grew up trying to be a good boy and to make my mom happy. And in my house, my mom's house, I knew what things to make her proud and happy. And that was helping my siblings. I was the man of the house at seven years old. I was cooking and cleaning and washing and folding. I was taking care of the house. But when you go out in the world, they didn't care about that. Are you tough? Are you strong? Are, are you hard? Like, are you, can you like, like, and I was like, uh, I just want to play. I just want to, I want to be kind and nice and fun and laugh and play. And I realized that those were respected. And so the reason I started back there is because a lot of the things that I've, I've learned now started before I was even here on the planet. And when I came here on the planet, everything I was, was not good enough, not man enough, not tough enough, not strong enough. And all those things. So, you know, growing up, you know, I grew up in poor community. We were on welfare a lot of my life. Um, my mom got married when I was like seven, like 12 years old. Um, and I was the man of the house up until then. And then she told me this guy is in charge and he is I'm supposed to call him daddy. And I'm like, that's not my daddy. And my that's your husband. And it became a lot of turmoil in the home. Right. Because my mom and our relationship w- began to get to suffer. And uh, and then, I, you know, I I'm, they told me, look, there's a formula to be rich and happy ever after. I was like, what's that? They said, go to school, study hard, make a lot of money. Go, you know, go ahead and college. And that's what they told me. And then let me start over. They said, go, go to school, study hard, go to college, make a lot of money, live happily ever after. I'm like, sign me up for that plan. That's all I got to do. So I went to, you know, I, I started working hard. Middle school was a mess. I wasn't working hard in middle school. Middle school, I was just barely getting by. But by the time I got to high school, that formula, I was on my way to college. I was going to be an engineer. I was going to retire at 45. And I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, graduated in civil engineering. And I came back home making big money and I was not happy. <laughs> I mean, I was at ha- every happy hour. So <laughs> you were I, happy during that hour. Oh, I, oh no. Those many hours. It starts yeah. at five and it finishes about 5 a.m. So at least 12 hours on the weekend, I could find some happy. But this idea of happy ever after wasn't really what I was experiencing. And so um, what ended up happening is teaching called me like this idea of that you should be giving back in a different way. And I'm like, Hey, teachers don't make this kind of money. Teachers don't get this happy. <laughs> Not like this, you know? And I was like, I, I ran from it. I ran from it. And it, and it kept calling and it kept calling. And I changed jobs. I, I even, you know, where I live in the Bay area, I was driving an hour and a half each way to go to a job, to make more money, to live a lifestyle that I thought was gonna make me happy. And I was miserable. But I, but the, but the image of what I had to keep up was that I'm an engineer. Now I I can tell you um, I don't have all the words right now to tell you, but I can remember the first time I told somebody I'm a teacher, and I remember the feeling that was so different from when I told people I'm an engineer. And I want to tell you that um, it's a feeling that you can't almost describe, but you can see it in their face. You can see it in how they respond to you, like because you're an engineer, like you're smart. <laughs> And most people equate being really smart in that kind of industry here in the Bay Area that you also you make a lot of money. Yeah. But people know that teachers don't make a lot of money. And even though you're smart, they don't equate the two in the same way. So you, it's a feeling. I'm, sorry, I'm a feeler. So I would feel it. So I would I would begin to like have to translate like, oh, you know, I, I, I graduated in engineering. And now I'm a teacher. Right. Because I knew that it probably gives them an even more confused look, right? Oh, well, it definitely it starts off with the like, oh, and then you're like, oh, how how noble, how noble of you. <laughs> what, what a noble thing for you to become a teacher to give back to your community, right? But I remember doing it sometimes as an experiment to see 
not not but it's the truth but if i just tell you i'm a teacher and you just think oh how cool right i know the feeling i know the feeling i'm getting from it it's not what you said it's what i felt you know what I'm, saying? I'm not blaming anybody else for their feeling about it i'm saying the feeling i felt from what i told people when i told people the difference and i think that that's a thing that i've had to like you know navigate through these years so now that i you know went to education to teach started teaching ever ever you know teaching math in san lorenzo high school back in 2002 um, that was my first year went back to school went to mills college here in the bay area did my master's in education and my first year teacher i started this nonprofit. well it wasn't a nonprofit then it was just a program at the school and eventually became a nonprofit. um and currently i'm, I'm working full-time for this nonprofit organization you know and if i think about the the scale of a financial well-being in, in in America. Like I started off as an engineer. That's one of the higher ends of the scale. And I became a teacher, which drops you down to some it's even on the chart. I don't even know if it's on the chart sometimes. <laughs> and then I decided to start a nonprofit. Like that is the reverse operation. No, you're, you're going the wrong way, right? From what people tell you to go. In a financial well-being sense, absolutely going the wrong way. And because I'm a math guy, I love numbers that like I can see and know the numbers are those don't match. But, you know, my purpose, and my passion went up the other way. So as my income, sadly, was going downwards, my purpose and passion was going upwards. And I'm clear that every day today I get to wake up and I get to live what I think I was born to do, even though it's hard. I mean, running a nonprofit is not easy. It's a business, but it has a different profit model, right? Like you... Your profit model looks different than other profit models, but still to this day, I'm thankful and I'm I'm appreciative and I'm, I'm excited that the dream, the seeds I've planted over the last 18 years, it's been 18 years I've been running this organization. Well, running 18 years, I've only been full time for the last six, uh, but I'm clear that this is what I think, maybe not the position I should be doing because sometimes I don't think I'm the best in this role that I'm in, but I know that I'm dedicated to doing whatever it takes to to serve more young people, to help more educators, to help transform education for all students, not just the ones who love school. Like I could, I mean, great. When I was a teacher, the kids who loved school, they were no problem. Those are not the kids who kept me up at night. <laughs> the kids who kept me up at night were the kids who were smart and were showing up every day trying to do nothing. Those are the kids that drove me absolutely out of my mind. Like you're so smart. I can see it in you. And they would either tell you, what are you talking about? I ain't smart. What are you talking about? Don't be telling me that nonsense. Like, because if there's an image in your school, in your community that says smart's not cool and you want to be cool, you will make sure people don't think you're smart. If that's the rules in the community, right? If that's the, the rules you have to live by. If that's, and so in my school that I was teaching at, and I remembered what it was like being a student, there was a time in my life where I didn't think cool, smart was cool. And I remember in my high school career being a really smart kid and hiding my test so people wouldn't see it. Because so you scored too much, yeah. I because because sometimes during the test they were asking me for answers and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and sometimes I lied. Right. And people, you know, I mean, maybe lying's not good, but what was I to say? I was just a, to cheat and then get myself a low score and then mess up my, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the decisions we make as young people or as adults to, to try and just make it through. I don't think, I don't, I think there's some things we did as kids to, that we may not need to do anymore. That helps us to be like, can I be smart and be just happy about it? Or do I downplay how smart I am now as an adult too, so that 
I don't make people uncomfortable, right? Like what are, what, are, what are the lessons I learned as a kid that I needed to survive that I'm still using or I'm still relying on, you know? Well, I think that's, that's where that is the case for most adults. And we, we, we don't realize it, but a lot of what we do as adults is <clears throat> that behavior that we learned as a kid just to survive, yeah. right? And, 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 but I wanted to go back because there were, there were a couple of things that you, that you touched on here that I want to make sure and reinforce with people. Yeah. Okay. Because, and, and one of them is, I mean, we're both men, right? Yeah. We both, we both grew up as little boys. Yeah. We had different backgrounds, but as you were telling your story, yeah. that was my story too. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Drop, drop me in another geographic area. You know, luckily I, I didn't lose my dad, you know, yeah. when, when I was young, I had two, two parents growing up, but a lot of those feelings that we get, especially as, as boys, um, that I want to bring up because, you know, this is one of the things you're helping youth with, but I, it's an important lesson for adults too. That's why, you know, most people listen to this are going to be adults, but, you know, especially women, right. If it's like, why does my man not have any feelings? (laughs) You heard why. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Because ever since we've been little boys, we were told boys don't cry. Boys have to be tough. You can't have any feelings. You can't cry about that. Right. Yeah. I mean, even things like don't be a pussy, you know, I mean, things like that, you know, it's like, that's the kind of stuff that little boys are told. Mm -hmm. And so when we grow up and we become men, we're still stuffing a lot of that stuff down That's right. because, because it doesn't feel safe for us to, to share. I mean, how do, how do you help kind of share with boys or, you know, even as adults so that we can open up a little bit more and, and, and not be that way. I mean, cause I'm the same way. I, I think a lot, but I do feel deeply. I mean, yeah. I love, I want to be kind, you know, yeah. and, and how, how do you, how do you share that with people? Cause I'm sure people that are listening would be like, Hey, that's me. And I don't want to be like this anymore either. Yeah. Man, thank you for asking. I, you know, one of the things I realized in my work um, and is how this movement created um, from giving young men a space to talk about it. I was working with a group of students in uh, Fremont High School in Oakland is my alma mater. Actually, I went to that high school. So I knew the community these young men were from. And these young men were going through stuff, something stuff that, stuff that I had been through myself. And they were some of them who went through stuff that I had never even could have imagined. And in we came to circle and my office one on one, I'm the dean. So most of them who they were getting in trouble regularly. So they're in my office a lot. One on one, we get to the heart of it because I'm not here to waste your time. I'm not going to have you in my office to be talking to you and wasting time talking about a bunch of fluffy stuff like why are you getting in trouble for this kind of behavior? Like we are going to go to the heart of it. Like, what am I missing about you? That's causing you to act like this. Cause I think you're an amazing person, but, and then we get to the story. Sometimes it takes, you know, 30 seconds to get to the story. And sometimes it takes 30 minutes because some young men don't trust that they can tell what they've been through and it, it doesn't cause them to be less respected. And so what I've done in the work when, before, this, before this mask movement came about, I was asking a lot of questions. As a teacher, when I was a teacher, I was asking a lot of questions. What am I missing? You're so smart. Ever Forward Club started this program because I was like, look, you're smart. I can see it in you. But why are you not showing it? Like, you can do this work. I can hear the way you talk to people about random stuff that you know more than you're pretending to know on that piece of paper. 
because you're not even trying. I can tell in your language. And they're like, and because smart wasn't cool, they couldn't let on that they were actually brilliant. And so I started the Ever Forward Club as a space to like bring them away from everybody else. Because in class, if I can't like tell you how smart you are and I can't give you a high five or how amazing you did, then I got to let you pretend like you need to pretend around everybody you're around. So my job is to make it safe so you can so I can celebrate you in a safe place. So we create the Ever Forward Club as a circle for these young men to first. It was like, teach me to be a better teacher because I'm, I'm failing as a teacher. Like you're smart and you're failing my class. That makes no sense because I, can't, I like you. I'm a teacher who cares about you. You shouldn't fail my class. Fail one of these classes of the teachers who don't like you. There's plenty of here that don't like you, <laughs> but I like you. So at least pass my class. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's figure this out. And what I realized for them that in front of each other, they, in front of their peers, they had to put on an image. And so when I go back to Fremont High School, you know, after becoming a dean, the same young men were doing the same, different young men were doing the same behaviors. And I had tried all my magic with them. I had tried all my magic. Like, but in my office, one-on-one, we get into the heart of it. Like, they, I'll see tears. But when they get in front of each other, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Everything's fine. I'm I like all the posturing. I remember one young man, one day in my office, he even say late at, he said after school. He never says after school. He's never even makes it to the bell. He leaves always before school is over. Like this day, we were in my office. We were talking. He's breaking down. Like he's sad. A lot of internal sadness. The next day in the, in the morning, we get to, I get, to, I get to the office. I'm, you know, getting people to class. Hey, go to class, go to class. And he's like, fuck you, Branch. And in my mind, I mean, I, I got split seconds. And I'm a hothead. So, hey, um, that starts that that heats me up like super fast you know it's like it's an invec what's called induction oven whatever the thing then do on the stove you just put the thing on it's hot already like yeah yeah you say that to me oh there's some fire happening but what i knew right away what i had to catch on like where did this come from oh i saw him for real yesterday less than 12 hours ago maybe you know whatever that day before i saw him he let me in his heart he opened his heart, and now in front of his peers, he needs to make sure that nobody thinks that he's weak. And so, if he's gonna like have to push somebody away, he better push away the guy who knows about that he's really human inside. And when he said that to me, every kid in my, that school knows that is un, that is does not tolerate it. Like they just know it's about to, it's a, right. You just hear the gas of air in the room, and it's in the hallway. And I'm like, listen. If you don't walk yourself to class right now, we're going to have a problem. And the fact that I'm letting him off the hook, everyone in the hallway is like, what's going on here? How did he say that to Branch and Branch don't like, because they know I'm a hothead too, right? So they hotheads, I'm a hothead. We all hotheads, right? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you again. And then he makes his way to class. I let it slide. Here's why I know. Because I know I, I, I felt, and I could be totally wrong. He could just not have liked me that day. But I, I actually, I really am clear what it was. It was his protection mechanism. And so what I've learned, the way we can give people space to recognize we're human and we feel. And how can we be around somebody who lets us feel and don't make us feel bad for it? Doesn't throw it in our face later. Like, you know, if I was a jerk, I'd be like, oh, really? Like, oh, you're the one who was, you know, I can yeah. do stuff like that's not me, but that's not who I am. And I think he was testing like whether or not there was going to be this. Let me throw it in your face. And that's not what it's about. And so when I moved him on to class with just words and, and I looked at him and I said, you may want to get yourself to class, <laughs> you know, like uh, he was clear and he, he came later and apologized. He came later and apologized. But it was a moment where if I wasn't if I wasn't um, 
intelligent enough emotionally, I would have went into my own rage level. It would have become a battle because he can't back down now. Now he can't back down, right? So how about I back down? Okay, I got you. Go to class and don't let me see you out here again, right? And so it's the dance between how we have a space to like be our full human self. And so the question you asked me was, how do we do it? Well, we got to find people who can listen to us and still respect us just the same in the, in the same moment and in the next day and know that we're nothing less because we have human feelings that we've been told are not masculine, that are not male feelings. We, we're nothing less because we experience humanness. And I think that's part of the work. Well, I think is it's, I mean, it's, it's great. And it's, it's the reminder too, that we're on, we're on both sides of those conversations. Right. And so we want people to listen to us. Yeah to see us as humans, to provide a psychologically safe container space so we can share, but we got to do that for other people as well. Right. And, and that was a beautiful story because like you said, you know, when he, when he comes up to you that way and is yelling at you in the hallway, you know, every part of you wanted to like, I know you're in a school situation, but if, if we were, you probably would have smacked the kid right, um, for kind of doing that. But, but you were able to emotionally regulate yourself and realize why he did it. Yeah. Because I think, again, that's intention. Yeah. If we can just be curious about the intention of why people do things yeah. and just not place judgment on it yeah. and, and realize that, I mean, he was, he was hurting. Like yeah. you said, he was still trying to put on that, that, that front to everybody else because yeah. he had to be the tough kid. That's right. And you knew that, and you were, you were a big enough human being that loved that kid Yeah, to let him have that space. You still had to give him a little bit of discipline by telling him to go to class. Yeah. Yeah. But, but allowed him that grace and space. Yeah. So he could kind of save save face at least in front yeah for, for the time being so yeah yeah because i'm clear that and the reason i know that's such a big difference in my own growth because i had to grow up as a adult as a teacher because if it was you know five years before that ten years before that when i was a teacher a kid said that to me and it's happened before it happened many times because i'm i carry a presence right so if you want to push up against some figure at my schools i'm usually one of the very few men on campus i'm you know, most campuses I've been on, I've been one of the only black men on campus. So if you're a kid and you want to show how tough you are, like you can say a whole lot of stuff to a teacher because, you know, a teacher can't do anything. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, yeah, I'm going to show how tough I am. Let me say this to Mr. Branch, who can't do anything anyway by law. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's kind of like, it's kind of hilarious, but it's also like, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't show how tough you are if they can't if they can't fight back, right? <laughs> but it, it, well, it, it's like the group it's the group of people, you know, showing how tough they are by beating up on one person. I'm like, how tough are you if you have to like hold somebody down to be able to beat them up because your friends are holding them? You're not tough, but yeah, yeah, it's no, you're exactly right, and I, and I say that the same thing because I would have in the past said, make me. I mean, I would have, I would have, I would have engaged them into a way that was not. Even I mean it's it's silly I mean but I'm clear what I what I what I what, the way I used to behave um, in a way of being saying and I think that this is a part of my work right now as I as I look back at my own growth and development I'm like oh I see what I used to do I see how I used to carry myself I see what my mask was like because 
if you are saying something to me, then I need to prove to you how much of a man I really am. And therefore, I need to let your immature self cause me to act even more immature. But in the moment, I'm, I'm justified because um, I got clear justification for the fact that you need to be taught a lesson. Right. I'm justifying my response out of the pedagogy of teaching <laughs> lessons. Right. Even if those lessons are unhealthy, even if it's perpetuating what you're perpetuating is this. I'm going to show dominance over you because I have power over you. And that never uh, results in anything, I think, good in the end. No, no, it doesn't. Wow. Well, yeah. And I think so. So, so we probably need to dig in a little bit because you, you've made reference to masks a little bit too. So I want to, I want to go there as well, but it's, it's, um, you know, cause the, the, the other thing, you know, you went from being an engineer to a teacher, kind of to a principal now to a nonprofit. And so yeah. I wanted to just touch on that too, because I think, I think a lot of times, you know, we, we chase the money and again, there's nothing wrong with making money not making money. It doesn't matter. But it's more about, I heard you say, it kept calling. It kept calling, right? And I know that there's so many people that are out there that are listening. And I've been one of these too. I mean, I've, like, I became an accountant, you know, CPA is like, woohoo, you know, but I've slowly kind of gone away from some of that stuff to things like we're talking about now, because I, I see it just doesn't call something else calls to me as well. And there might be a lot of people listening that something else might be calling to them. Now they may go the, a different way, right? They may be right. the teacher who's like, no, I'm going to be a hedge fund manager now. Okay, fine. If that's what's calling to you, then go do it. Right. That's right. Cause there, cause there's no good or good or bad that way because we can still serve people That's right. and serve and change the world regardless of, of what we're doing, but, but kind of talk a little, you know, that, that it, it was calling to me. It kept calling to me. It kept calling to me. Right. Yeah. Why, why did you wait? Why, why didn't you just jump the first time? It's like, Hey, Shanti, come on, man. You need to be a teacher, right? Go back to Oakland, go back to your high school, help these kids. Right. How come you were like, no, uh, -uh, not going to do it right now. Cause it kept calling you. Oh, man. What once you have, I mean, I grew up poor and here's what I'm clear about being poor. It's not fun. (laughs) I can tell you that much. And I think make it having money feel feels a lot better. So once you start making money, you're thinking, hmm, barely pay my bills or pay all my bills and still have money to go to the movies and dinner and take friends out and buy all the drinks and like. They'll be right. like, like, I don't know. There's not a whole lot of, I'm a little bit smart, right? So I'm like, hmm. <laughs> well, you know, you're good at math. You're good at math. <laughs> the, the answer is clear all day long in that sense, right? But there's one thing to be able to come home and, you know, look, uh, I come home and I got my nice big square TV. There was no flat screen back then, right? So I got my big square TV with a flat screen, but it's not like new flat screen. It's old school. Like a huge box. Like a, no, I remember those things. <laughs> like a I had one of those. From Circuit City. Doesn't even exist uh, anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. So I remember this idea that I come home, I play video games, I got the Xbox, I'm a, I, and I finished the Halo. I finished it. Like, I was like, I remember that day I, I, when the feeling got really, like, a really, 
Cause I was coming home every day. I had a, I had a mission, right? I'm going to finish this game. I'll finish this game. And I was playing it for days and days and weeks and weeks. And then I finished it. And it was a moment where I was like, hmm. I mean, they have these little things scrolling and these guys doing this and the things are happening. And you're like, oh, and you're like, oh, okay. And literally that, in, that night, after the five, 10 minutes of like watching the, the post script, whatever happens once you finish a game, I was thinking, is that what I'm going to just do? It's just like get ready for the next game to finish. Like I, I had a feel it was already calling me. Right. I think like um, the reason I didn't go the first time was because I was not about to give up all that money. Like I, I, Hey, I'm done with my poor time on earth. Uh, you can get somebody else can take that job. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I want a job where I'm going to get paid. Like I'm paid now. And here's what I know. Here's what I know. Being raised by a teacher, my mom became a teacher in my life and teachers don't get paid well. And so my, my internet, my salary is on the internet. If you're willing to publish somebody's salary like that, they ain't making that much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like there's nothing exciting about that where the scale goes up by a thousand dollars every year and the stair step ladder, and you got to get more credits and more units. And I'm like, that, that ain't, that ain't me. And so I ran from it because status to me was being an engineer title, making a lot of money position, which also felt like made me feel like I had a, a, a sense of, of, of power. And I power over. I wasn't trying to take advantage of it. I was just glad that I had enough to take care of my responsibilities. I didn't have to look to nobody to help. I didn't have to like call the electric company and be like, hey, can I pay a little bit on this one? And you give me a little more month. You know, like when I was a student, I was trying to like figure it out. Like I was working four or five jobs at the same time, trying to like keep myself through school. And so I think I ran from it because I was like, I'm not going back there. Yeah. I'm not going back to a financial existence. Look, I don't think that money makes you happy, but I guess what I've heard. Uh, it can fund the research. <laughs> mm-hmm. It can fund the research for happiness. You know what I mean? Like, shoot, I can go test out what makes me happy and what doesn't. Uh, <laughs> I don't think ultimately it's happiness. I think it's a, it's a, but, but, but at the feeling of like knowing what it's like to not be able to live sustainably and have a, have enough to, to just do the bare minimum, just bills and responsibilities and maybe a little fun. Right. So the reason I ran from it is because it was, it, it made no sense to, to answer it. It made no logical sense in my brain at the time. But when it finally was, was clear, was finish this Halo game. Okay, what next? I guess I'm going to find another game to play. And it was like, there got to be more. There has to be more to my existence than this. Like I, and maybe, look, I, I think there are some people who come home and play a game and finish a game and find the next game and f- finish that game. That keeps them satisfied. I'm not here to judge what people makes them satisfied. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about my life wasn't fulfilled enough just by that routine. And so when I decided to take a job an hour and a half away, that means three hours of commuting each day. That means like more time in a car that I don't really like driving anyway. I don't like really driving. I'm not into driving. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I realized that I was, I had to make some different decisions and I, and I, and I wasn't, I didn't know the decision at the moment. I was just like, this is not working, but I can't see how I'm going to live making that put those kind of peanuts. And I think it was just a over and over more cycle, more signals were coming that were saying, this is what you're supposed to do. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about the money. Like I, I believe in God. I believe in a higher power. I believe that I am, I am, I am blessed in so many ways. I believe that the life I get to live today is because um, 
I am living in service of others. You know, like I, I, I was really, I wanted to be selfish. I really wanted to be selfish for my life. Like, let's just be happy. But I wasn't happy. Like, what, I mean, if I was happy, then maybe I would never have left. But I was not happy. I was not like fully fulfilled. And so I think that the journey has had to help wake me up to the fact that, oh, there's more to you, Ashanti. There's more to you than people can see by looking at you. And yes, you may not make the kind of money you want to make, but but that feeling of like value and purpose has been un, un, undescribable sometimes. Um, one of my students just um, graduated with her with her master's, uh, and uh, she invited me to the graduation this past Saturday, and um, and I was trying to get there. It was like eight o'clock in the morning. I was like, "What the Saturday? Eight o'clock in the morning? What's going on?" I get to this graduation. And I get, I see her as she's coming up to the stage, and as she uh, sees her speech to her family and her siblings and everybody, and then she said, "And to Branch, to my mentor Branch," and I literally, wow, I feel that one, like, um, <laughs> she didn't really think she was gonna go to college. Like she thought she was just gonna take care of a house. Right. And, um, and I asked her a lot of questions. I, I can't make her do anything she wasn't going to do, but I kept saying, you're brilliant. What do you mean? <laughs> you're brilliant. What do you mean? You're not going to college. What do you mean? And to see her walk across that stage with her masters and her to call. <sighs> her to call my name. Right. Like, it makes it all worth it. Like, like I'm clear, like, Oh, maybe two times over the last 20 years, I've done the math. Like I've estimated how much money I gave up to like follow this passion. And it's a sad number. It's a, it's a scary number because sometimes I'm wondering why I don't think I have a retirement plan or like, I'm wondering these things. And I'm like, I could have made, I could have made $700,000 more if I just stayed in engineering and still make the same amount I was making when I left. Like, I have not made that much since I left. And I'm, and I'm clear more than ever that when you get a chance to help someone change their life, then you help change the life of their family and their kids and their legacy. And you change life of their kids and their legacy. And it, it's almost, un- you can't measure the value that you could do that I get to do. And so as much as I know that deep down when I was in the hunt for money, I was, I was clear what I was in the hunt for that when I changed that career path that I've gotten to give back in a way that I've Never could have imagined. Like I, I'll drive by buildings that I built in, you know, around this area, and I'm like, oh, I remember that project. I remember that project. But those projects don't give back anymore, you know. Like I just a look in my eyes, like, oh, now I remember those memories. But what I heard Erica say on stage that day, like two, a couple of days ago, has just it's a it's a gift that I just can't imagine. So, you know, it's hard. I don't expect people to be able to know. They can change. Some people have family and kids and mortgages. Luckily, at the time, I had an apartment. I had a car that was already paid off, a used car. I didn't, I, I didn't, I wasn't stuck. 
And some people can't. Some people can't. I just finished reading The Alchemist for probably the 10th time. Mm-hmm. And um, in The Alchemist, um, uh, when Santiago is talking to The Alchemist in the, and he says, look, some people don't have to go after their personal legend. Hey, you could just decide I'm not going to go after the thing I'm really supposed to be doing because of X, Y, Z. And in the book, he talks about it, but it will keep calling you. It like it, it. You may say, oh, I have to be responsible. I have to I have now have these responsibilities. I have to do this. But your heart cannot turn off the fact that it has been called. You can you can put it in your head and you can put on a good mask and smile and say, hey, everything's fine. I'm feeling happy in this career. I'm making a lot of money. Look at these things and these toys I buy. But you can't buy enough toys to cover the emptiness in the heart. That's what I, I've heard. That's what I feel. That's what I know from experience. And uh, today I, I'm just thankful that I get a chance to have to, to be living a life that that is what I feel called me. And and sometimes I'm clear that it's hard. Like my like luckily I'm only showing you this rectangle here because this desk is a, a hot mess. Like, I mean, this if you saw what I'm looking at to the two sides of me right here, you'd be like, what's going on over there? I mean, it's a lot of madness but luckily with this zoom with this screen i get to just clock out right here hey look at this look i got shirts <laughs> i got a mic and uh but but i'm clear that all of this stuff here is a part of the, the journey of, of this of this work that i've that i've, that I've chosen and that chose me well i think it's interesting because and thank you for sharing because i know that was it's emotional for you because you feel it man and and again it's like when you have those experiences, there's no price tag for it. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, you have just, just with that one person, you've helped how many other people, you know, as, as a result of it. But I think it's, you know, and this is the one thing that I, I keep trying to tell people to just be themselves, do what they feel like they need to do, quit hiding, uh, quit trying to fit in, right? Because when we do that, we put on the mask. And so we'll talk a little bit more figuratively and, and literally about that. Yeah. But, but, it, but the same thing too, with our heart knows what we want to do. Yeah. And so if there's something that your heart wants to do, you need to do it. You can ignore it. Like you said, yeah. you can ignore it, but it's going to come keep knocking. Yeah. And the more you push it down, unfortunately, that's what ends up leading to a lot of the mental health issues literally physical health issues a lot of times as well because again as we as we push and and repress a lot of those feelings yeah they turn up in our physical body as dis-ease yeah because we feel uneasy right yeah yeah and so a lot of these emotions and and feelings that we have when not not dealt with properly actually show up as mental or physical health issues as well that's right that's right so You know, we, we just got to do that. But, let, but let's talk about that. Because again, like you said, you know, I, I, we first met about four years ago, yeah. you were speaking at a conference I went to and you had us do an exercise with your mask cards. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I know you guys have, have that project going on too, but, but kind of may, maybe explain how you do that or what, what, what the thing is, how you use those cards. And then I'll kind of share my example, because I still am like blown away when I think back at that exercise. Yeah. At the end of it, too. But but kind of share with people what, what it is. That you so do. when I was at Fremont High School, that's where I was telling you about those young men who were in front of each other saying everything is fine and good. 
um, when they asked us to be a part of this documentary called The Mask You Live In, um, I was like, well, these young men don't open up like you don't want to come here because they're not. I said, you should go to our other club because that club has been around for like four years. You go there, you're going to get some great stuff. Right. And said, well, we want to know where you're going to be. I said, well, the young men I'm working with, they're not opening up. They're just coming into the circle. They're all pretending like everything's fine. I said, they're just they're in resistance mode. They said, well, we just want to see resistance. I said, all right, well, I'm glad you want to see that. So when I thought about the activity, I was like, they're, I've been with meeting with them for like four or five months. They're not opening up. They're just lie. Everyone lies in, in the circle. I mean, and in my job in the circle, where I'm holding the circle is the whole space. I know what each of them are going through. I'm the dean that year, and I've been talking to many of them. But I really realized that I had to go deeper. And so I said, well, look, how about I make them not talk about it? How about I just ask them to write it? So the activity was, okay, here's the front of the mask. What are things about yourself that you gladly let the world see? And then here's back of the mask. What are things about yourself that you don't let people see? And then in that room, what we did in that first activity, we balled the pieces of paper up and I had them like throw them at each other. We had like a snowball fight. <laughs> and that's how it started. And then well, the one you experienced was when we got to the cards. We had, we, you know, we had done be done piece of paper and we began to move into a, a simpler format where we would use these cards. And so that's how it all turned out. And it's been a wild ride ever since. Yeah, well, it's an interesting ex ex experience to go through because, like you said, I, there were probably, I don't know, between 100 and 150 people, at least in the room that we were in. So we all get these, you know, four by six, five by seven cards. We fill them out. Like you said, the one side is kind of what you what you want the world to see you as. And the other one is what you don't want the world to see right about yeah. you. Yeah. And then we had to put some demographic stuff on the bottom, you know, like yeah. male, female, age, you know, city or something like that, where we yep. were from. Yep. And, and so I, I did the exercise, filled it all out, you know, and then you had us get up and we became like the human shuffle deck shuffle kind of thing. Right. So we're like walking around, handing each other these different cards. Right. And you yeah. have to shuffle us up for a couple of minutes and we go and yeah. sit back down and then we turn it over. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, it just hit me like, right. Yeah. I turned it over a woman that was about 10 years, a woman, right. I'm yeah. a man, a woman, yeah. about 10 years older than myself that lived in a different part of the country. Yep. We had almost exactly the same words on our cards. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's one of those that I'm sure you've seen that a lot that there's, yeah. There's certain ways that we want people to perceive us. There's certain things that we're scared about. That's right. But after doing this for so long, I mean, yeah. I know what I've learned, but what have you learned? Because you've all, you've uh, done this. You got the million million mask, you know, initiative kind of thing. Yeah. You haven't done quite that many yet, but you've done a lot of them that you kind of get an idea of how most people usually oh. fill it out. Oh man, I have uh, seen thousands of I mean, we've collected over 65,000 masks so far from more than 40 different countries um and i'm going to show you a couple so this is um from all boys school i'm gonna show you a couple of masks um i think uh what i am hmm, i don't even know what this is some of them some of them time you don't even know what you're reading because the, the writing is a mess but you do your best um i want you to see uh everything um 
So this one is one. And I'll let you read the words. So the front of the mask, you see the left side. Yeah. So the front says, I try my best. Yep. I'm natural. I'm natural to everything. I'm a, I'm a natural to everything. I, I, <laughs> I'm a natural to everything. I'm fast. Yeah. And then the bas- back of the mask. Oh, interesting. My hard work. Yep. I'm a soft kid and anger. Man, that is deep. That's one, right? So, um, what we know is at the front of a lot of people, uh, this is another one. On the, I'm going to let you just read that one. So this is another one. This is a 13-year-old male. Yeah, so um, the positives, athlete, personality, humor, right? Yep. On the other side, feelings, what's happening in my life, and teeth. Yeah. It's actually a physical, a physical yeah. thing, too. I don't know if people see my teeth. And what I recognize in how many of our masks we get, like what we see is that people are clear that here's what people can handle funny camp i'm competent i'm, I'm funny I'm, ha- I'm happy i'm intelligent i'm eloquent this kid uh, this is a person eloquent frustrated sad giving like all the things on the front things we gladly let the world see and there's so much stuff <laughs> oh, look at this one this is a pretty powerful one i just saw this one look at this one <laughs> So on the good side, good, kind boy, but he's got kind of like a devil drawing on it, which is interesting. Yeah. And then on the other side, sad, mad boy. Yeah. Like no matter what, however sophisticated the words are, it's a clarity that here's what I can let people see. I can let people see I'm always in good mood. I'm always in a fun. I'm always happy. I'm always smart. I'm always intelligent. And the stuff on the back is these things that I don't think people can handle or that they want to see or that they care about. And I think that, you know, when we, when, we, when we help people see in this workshop, when they get to see other people's cards, they recognize, oh, wait, somebody else in here is going through that too? Somebody else in here is feeling that too? Somebody else in here, how, everyone else in here is so cool. How are they feeling? How is somebody else in here feeling this? They must have tricked me, right? No one else is possibly feeling these things because this is what I feel. And what they see over and over again, whether we're in a middle school, whether we're in a high school, whether we're in a, a group of parents, whether we're in a group of social entrepreneurs or high tech folks in one of these tech companies, we got our masks. And we're not here to tell people they shouldn't have masks. Our, our, our movement is not to say you should not have a mask. Our movement is to say, do you know that you're not alone? That whatever you're going through, there's probably somebody else going through it and somebody you probably know really well. But because you all have gotten good at the image in front of each other has to be always sharp, talented, on time um, and, you know, like on, on, on. Where do you get to not be on? Where do parents get to go and be like, I don't know what to do. Right. <laughs> like the, the amount of exhaustion <laughs> that parents find where they're trying to be like, I know everything I know. I'm the answer. I'm making it right. And try and be confident with that idea and knowing that sometimes you're just like, I don't know what to do. And where do you get to do that? Hopefully with other parents. Hopefully you don't have an image in front of other parents that you're perfect and you get it all figured out. And they're like, I think what we end up doing is we end up judging so many people by based on what we think we know, based on what we think we see, because what we think we see is exactly what it is. And what we actually see is what they let us see. Like a, a kid who's getting in trouble in school for the most part, knows they're doing stuff to get themselves in trouble. But what if attention is the only thing, the only way you can get attention is by doing that. Maybe when you were a good kid that no one paid attention to you. Maybe, I mean, I know clearly I've been a very bad kid, student, getting in trouble all the time, and a kid who was getting top of my class, number seven in my class, 
when I was at the top of my class, nobody bothered me. Nobody asked me how I was doing. Luckily, I had friends that I could talk to about stuff. But when I was a good kid, when I was a bad kid, everyone wanted to talk to me. The counselor, the teacher, that person, the coach, like everyone wants to talk to you. But when you're a good kid, when you're doing all on top of all your stuff, no one even usually even asks you, how are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And that's our work is giving people a space to recognize they're not alone. And I think if we can do that more in this world, we we, we have a new shirt. Um, I'm going to show it to you for those that can't see it. I'm, the shirt says, let me see if I can put it down. The shirt says, I'm fine. See it? I do. But I'm gonna oh, is, you, you got writing on it, though, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's got, oh, I'm fine. And it's got words like coward. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna show, yeah, I'm gonna show you this. Uh, I'm gonna show you the image of the original image came from a middle school group of middle schoolers who I did a workshop for. I'm gonna just show you that. I'm gonna show you the uh, the actual art, the original art. We we made this shirt and we're uh, we're actually shipping them out to them this week. They uh they they after we talked to them about that. Like when people ask you how you're doing, what do you normally say? I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. I'm cool. I'm fine. I'm alright. Everything's okay. And I asked them. How many of you have ever said I'm good, I'm cool, I'm fine, and that wasn't accurate, or that wasn't the truth? And a lot of them raised their hand. I'm like, well, why? Why would you say you were good, cool, fine if you weren't good, cool, or fine? They were like, well, I don't want to burden people with my problems. I don't want them to worry about me. I don't think they're really asking. Like they're clear about when people say how you're doing, they're actually using it as a greeting. It's just phrased as a question. And so because the question doesn't mean anything, then the answer doesn't usually mean anything. And so when they when they created this image, they created this image. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. They 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 use that context to be like, oh, here is what it is. Here's what it actually really means. When I say that I'm fine, I'm stressed, I'm unhappy. That's right. Yeah. I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off. Annoyed. I feel like a coward. I feel. Yeah. And uh and so we've been super excited when they sent this. They sent a, couple, a lot of other designs too. When I saw this one, I was like, "This is our next shirt." And I think what when people see it, when they see it, they look at it, they read it, and say, "Oh, it says I'm fine." And then they're like, "Oh, yeah," <laughs> because right away we know that we've done it. And maybe well, not, be, maybe not to deceive, not no. to deceive, but to protect our own image, protect ourselves, protect the people, protect like whatever reason. It's not to judge. It's to say, if you've done it, you know why you did it. And it's not to say you shouldn't do it, but it's to say, okay, I'm, I'm, oh yeah, I get it. <laughs> I've done that. Right. And that's part of the work. That's part of our work is giving people the simple things that help bring awareness to how am I communicating with people, how I'm really doing. And do I have people who ask me and really mean it? I tell kids, look, maybe you could try it with your parents today. Maybe you get to be the one that when you go home and ask your parents how they're doing and they give you that one word answer, you stop and say, you say, hey, tell me a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. And watch the look on their face. Watch the look on your parents' face when you ask them to go deeper than what they just did because they know what they're doing. They're protecting you from all the stuff they got to worry about. And maybe they don't need to spill it all on you. But what if they were willing to like tell you that they had a rough day, that they had a rough morning, that... They don't really want to cook dinner tonight, but they just really want to go and get into bed and they want to give you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but they don't want to make you feel bad about, about whatever. Like, what if, what if you could have real conversations and, and not make you feel less than a parent or less than an adult or less than anything, you know? Well, it's one of those opportunities too, because I, I tell people a lot of times, you know, when you're, 
when you're when you're scared to kind of let people know something yeah. about you right you can do little things you can wear wear certain jewelry wear certain shirts like wearing wearing that i'm fine shirt yeah it it's it's a way to open a conversation or have people kind of give you a wink like hey man i know i know what you're talking about right yeah But it's also an opportunity, I think, too, when when people ask us how we're doing and and, and not to like, you know, spew and be all negative victim. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. But just like you said, you know, it's like, man, you know, today was a really rough day at work and I I just need to go to bed. So, you know, kids, you're on your own for dinner tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, it, that it's okay to, to let a little bit of that out. Yeah. Whereas we're talking with friends or other people that we know too. Right. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> I know when we, when we were in the green room, when we first started, right. <laughs> and you, and I said, how you doing? And you're like, uh, one foot ahead of the other, but sometimes they get tripped up and I'm like, dude, I totally get that. <laughs> right. And that was a different kind of a response that, that showed more of you to me yeah. and I get it. And yeah. we talk about that because I feel the same way. Yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah. And imagine if I, I've been doing, I've been trying to do a good job. I'm still bad at it sometimes. I still catch myself saying how you doing. And I catch myself like in, in passing and I've charmed us. I've, I've tried. I've been, it, it takes work because it's, it's what I grew up doing. I grew up with, that's a question you ask people and they answer really quick and you keep moving. But I've learned is to say, hey, it's good to see you today. If I, if I, if I don't have time to really have an answer, I just try and ch- change how I'm going to greet you. Hi, how are you? And then I realize I'm saying, how are you still? I'm like, oh, boy, if they start answering, I'm going to feel bad if I have to be like, uh, I, I don't really. And I've, I've met people where I've said, how you doing? And one woman in a workshop, she says. Yeah, you know, I'm doing a little shitty right now. <laughs> And I said, oh, I put my hand on my heart. And I'm like, thank you. And people, people, were, people were like in the room, like, why is he saying thank you? I said, I just want to, man, thank you for, for speaking that. And I just didn't say, I didn't, I didn't, I'm trying to fix it. I just wanted to appreciate that person for being willing to, because when I go around and say, how you doing? Most people are like, oh, good. I'm cool. I'm fine. I'm okay. And this one said, it's kind of like a shitty day. And I'm like, oh. And now that the good and look, here's what I'm also here to say. If you're doing fine, that's awesome. I want you, it is not to say I got to like tell everybody is saying, do I at least have one person in my life that when they ask me, I know I got space to really go there. I think we all need at least somebody. I'm on a men's team. I've been on a men's team for over 10, 12 years now. Every Tuesday night tonight, I meet with them Tuesday night from seven to 10 PM. I'm on, I'm on my team with my men. I get a space that I know that, when I get to check in, I get to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly of my week. Sometimes I get 90 seconds. Sometimes I get two minutes. And they always say, do you need more time later? And I'll be like, no, I'm good today. Or they'll say, you need more time later? I'm like, yes. But I know that I, every week I got a place to let some of that steam out. You know what? Some people don't have a place to let any of the steam out. They walk around stuffing it, stuffing it, stuffing it. And as you talked about health issues, like, like anger not dealt with stress not dealt with can cause your body to shut down. And I think that uh, people sometimes underestimate the fact that of having a place just to decompress and let some of the steam out. And so I tell the young people in our work, I'm not here to fix you. 
This, you don't need fixing. You're amazing the way you are. But do you need to let some of that steam out? Because some of you are walking around like little landmines and the teacher tells you to move your chair over there. And all of a sudden you didn't throw a chair across the room, but it wasn't because of the chair. It was because of the 18 other things that you ignored that now you got some, you got a, a poor old teacher, young teacher, whoever the teacher is. And now you're letting it out because it wasn't that one thing. It was all the other stuff that you had no way of dealing with. And now it's coming out and it probably came out in the wrong time, wrong place against the wrong person. But well, guess what? When it's coming out, it's coming out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's yeah. coming yeah. out. It's, it's coming out. And anybody, anybody listening here who has ever like responded to something in a, a magnitude different than what it actually deserved. And you realize it maybe five seconds later. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. You know what I'm talking about? Because it's not to say that that you shouldn't get upset, but it's, do I, do I, do I, do I deal with the, whatever emotion in healthy ways? Or am I waiting? Am I storing them up for a moment or, or am I numbing them? <laughs> Cause I know a lot of teenagers are doing, I'm in California. Marijuana is legalized. Cause I know a lot of teenagers do there. I got young people who are addicted to marijuana and here's the addiction. They got it smoke to get hungry. They got to smoke to go to sleep. They got to smoke to get up and be present for school in the morning. And they're walking around like zombies all day long. And you're like, you brother, you have an addiction. And, and I don't, there's no other, there's no nice way to say it. Um, you can't be addicted to marijuana. I'm like, I don't know what book you read or what movie you watched or what rap video you saw, but uh, yes, you can. And everybody can't do what Snoop Dogg does. I don't know how he does it actually. <laughs> Mad respect for that man. Absolutely. In a lot of different ways. Right? Absolutely. Without a doubt, but knowing that some of our teenagers think they can do the same, and now, and they can't, and they can't. And I, and I think it's just like the, the lessons of just being able to say, what are, you, what are you seeing? What are you feeling? What are you hearing? And then and this is what work we get to do. And that's what we ask people to do in the mask. We ask people, we made a tool online. People can actually go make a mask. You can go to million mask, a singular, millionmask.org. And you will see this postcard there and you can actually make a mask anonymously. They're all anonymous. I don't know who these belong to. I mean, I know where I was at when I made them, but I don't know. All I know is age or city or gender if they want to share it. Um, and, I sh- and, I, and I just recognize that the more we give people opportunity to see that they're not alone, that we can, we can probably create a, I believe that we can create a world a little bit more whole and, and, and healed. And definitely with our teens, our teens are struggling right now. Teen, uh, teens are struggling and in uh, lots of places around the world, around the country. And our work is giving young people a space to be able to talk about it in a healthy way, what they're going through. Um, even if it's an anonymous tool like this, so they can begin putting words to, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling that. And then maybe when they have conversations with people that they actually care about or care about them, they can talk about it, you know. And I think that the more we can talk about and feel OK talking about it, then I think we we can let go. We can, we can be more whole as I believe. Well, and the more whole that each of us individually are, the more whole this whole world gets to be as well. And I mean, again, so everybody that's listening, you can see why I love Ashanti. I mean, the man is amazing, um, you know, and what he's trying to do. And my, my heart is in the same place as you, you know, trying to just help people. Um, You know, we've talked before on the podcast about, you know, addictions and other stuff like that and and it's you know 
if if you're if you're not dealing with it, either you're you're pushing it down, like Ashanti yeah. was talking about, and it's going to blow. The steam's going to blow at some point. That's why yeah. a lot of people with anger issues, yeah. anger management issues, that's what it is. Anger is an addiction too, right? Yeah. Because that's yeah. how you're how you are, you know, a lot of times involuntarily yeah. reacting to yeah. things to to these triggers or stimuli that are going on in your life. Other people choose to distract or numb themselves. Yeah. And it could be substances, alcohol, marijuana, other drugs. Yeah. It could be gambling. It could be sex addiction. Yeah. It could be, you know, retail therapy, right? <laughs> that one, that one sounds so, but, you know, billions of dollars are yeah. wasted in this yeah. country every single year yeah. with people trying to buy themselves happiness and it doesn't work that way. And we, right. we already gave you the, earlier on how you can actually really be happy so when it calls listen to it right yeah but um man no, i really I, re- I really appreciate it and you know what what you brought up to of kind of having this group that you can go to that hears you that sees you i have groups like that myself as well right. that i go to where i right. get that help you know so everybody that's listening if you don't if you don't have one of those places if you don't yeah. have those couple of people in your life yeah where if you're not having a fine day, you can actually tell them and it's okay. Yeah. You need that. Yeah. Right. And so you need to find it, you know, wherever that may be, I'll share more about other stuff in the future about this, but you need that psychologically safe space where you can actually be vulnerable because if you don't, your health, both mental and physical is at risk. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll speak to the last thing right there before you, before we close, I would say, you know, my uh, my addiction of of, 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 of choice, I don't know if I chose it, but uh, I'm a food addict, you know, like I flour and sugar are my absolute evil. Like, <laughs> like, like I don't bread I could do without and I don't even really like candy, but you put some flour and sugar together in any formula. I'm all I know it's big. Yeah, I mean, all the above. I uh, mean, I and and sometimes I'm in a phase where I'm not dealing with an emotion. And no matter how many cookies I eat, no matter how many pies I eat, no matter how many pastries, it does not fix it. I can't even eat enough to feel the because I'm not dealing with the emotion. I'm 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 trying to like cover it up. I don't want to deal with the sadness. I don't want to deal with the fear. I don't want to deal with the worry. I don't want to deal with the. And I recognize I'm, I've been in that phase over the last week. You know, my brother, my brother has some mental health issues and he's back spinning out of control right now. And I've, I, I've tried everything. I don't, I can't help him. And I'm, and I'm finding myself this weekend, like buying one thing. Now nah, that doesn't do it. Now, and the, what used to like bring a little bit of comfort doesn't even bring any comfort anymore. And so what I know is, is me just dealing with the internal, the sadness in a healthy way. So tonight, some of my work is just to like, have a space to vent and feel the sadness about my brother. And I think those are the things that I, I hope as people begin to think it's not always the things that people think of. It's not always, everyone's not addicted to meth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like everyone's not addicted to a substance that is like going to have you on the corner doing crazy things. Some of it is just the everyday stuff that happens over and over again. So thank you for speaking to that. And, uh, and I thought I would just take my mask off and share that that's something that I continually battle um, and I, and I'm, and I'm a work in progress. So thank you for speaking to that. Hey, so am I brother. So it's, I got my own demons myself and, thank you. um, you know, my heart goes out to you for you, thank you. And your, you and your brother. Cause I know, 
you know, loving somebody who's dealing with some of those things. And the hard part is we can't fix it. Yeah. But we still feel it. We feel it. We still feel it, you know? That's right. That's right. So I, I feel you. Thank you. I feel you. Thank you, brother. Well, thanks for coming on here. We'll leave, we'll leave, uh, you know, show note information down below. Cause I know you mentioned the million mask.org, um, uh, as well. Where, where's another great place for people to reach out to you if they want to. Yeah. Instagram, well. Instagram. We're on, um, we're on all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter at ever forward club. That's the organization. And, uh, my own personal, uh, handle on all those platforms is branch speaks. Okay. Grant speaks. So thank you so much. I appreciate you for shining a light on this. Yeah. Thank you. And like I said, you're one of my favorite people. We might have to have you back. I just our time went by. Hey, I, I love fast. I, love fast. So. I appreciate you too. Love you too, brother. <laughs> appreciate you. Thank you. Take care. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. The fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will too. Do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice. Views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.